Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder of Web3 Labs and your host of the Web3 Innovators podcast, where you'll hear from those people changing the face of finance and other industries with Web3 and blockchain technologies. As with the last season, in each episode, I speak to a new guest who shares insights from their own journey with Web3, giving you the chance to learn about challenges they've faced along the way and how it's impacting their industry right now and will in the future. In addition to the episodes with guests, I'm going to be sharing a spoken essay on a topic relevant to Web3 each week, which has caught my attention. New episodes will be out weekly, so please hit that subscribe button to ensure you get each episode as it comes out. Navigating the blockchain maze, the path to Hyperledger Basu. How Hyperledger Basu emerges as a sensible starting point for enterprises venturing into blockchain. With all of the uncertainty surrounding which blockchain platforms will come to dominate the landscape longer term, Companies wishing to launch a platform still face a dilemma as to where to focus their efforts. Most established companies are still apprehensive about working with public blockchain networks. There are a number of reasons for this, such as lack of regulatory clarity, which affects the treatment of those crypto assets required to transact with public blockchain networks, and what data can actually be stored on a public ledger. These reasons are barriers for a number of potential participants to embrace those networks, Companies such as EY and JP Morgan are working hard to make inroads here, but for your typical financial enterprise or legislator interested in blockchain use cases, public networks are still a non-starter. Even against this, companies are still keeping close tabs on activity in public networks. As with any blockchain initiatives, they want to future-proof their work as much as possible. Public network compatibility. In the past, enterprises would typically choose between Ethereum, Fabric or Corda for their private network deployments. Now they tend to focus on technologies that will be compatible with public networks. Should they choose an Ethereum technology or an alt-layer one protocol such as Polkadot that enables them to spin up their own isolated blockchain? If they choose Ethereum, should they be considering a layer two platform? Optimistic rollups with Arbitrum or Optimism? Or zero knowledge rollups with Polygon, Linear, ZK Sync, Starkware? Or perhaps wait for app chains or layer three chains to emerge? The breadth of possible combinations is mind-bending, but this in part is due to the breakneck speed of development still on public blockchains, which are vying for user growth and adoption. Even with all of these choices, the EVM remains the de facto platform for most smart contract development, and in this respect, at least this decision is straightforward. Starting with the EVM as the base technology, what is the most flexible foundation to lay for a private network? If one wants to take advantage of the innovations evolving at breakneck speed without putting all their eggs in a single layer two, having a base Ethereum network is a sensible starting point. Ethereum clients. Focusing on the base layer clients of Ethereum simplifies the picture somewhat. The base clients of Ethereum fall into two camps, execution and consensus layer. The consensus layer clients emerged due to Ethereum's migration to proof of stake consensus. However, unless one is running a public blockchain network, Proof of stake is not necessary, as other alternatives exist. These other consensus mechanisms include proof of authority, IBFT and QBFT, which are baked into a number of execution clients for Ethereum. This leads us to a path where the primary choice is which execution client to choose. These can be viewed as a choice between Geth, Hyperledger Basu, Nethermind and Eragon. All of these were designed as mainnet Ethereum clients. They all support proof of authority consensus, as this is used for many of the Ethereum testnets and their roadmap and feature set is primarily dictated by public blockchain activities. Navigating complex blockchain data shouldn't hold you back. Introducing Chainlens Blockchain Explorer, 
your user-centric gateway to the blockchain universe. Unlike traditional explorers, Chainlens focuses on your needs. No more overwhelming blocks and transactions. We're all about your experience. Chainlens revolutionizes the way you see blockchain. With customizable lenses, you see what you want, when you want it. From tokens to NFTs, it's all at your fingertips. And guess what? You don't need to be a tech guru. Our clean interface and easy-to-use API make blockchain accessible to everyone. Say goodbye to cryptic hexadecimal and hello to a new perspective. Join the future of blockchain exploration. Visit chainlens.com and experience the difference today. Chainlens, see the blockchain your way. Hyperledger Basu differs from them all in that it was designed to cater for private network needs. These private network needs started with the creation of Quorum, a fork of the Geth codebase by JP Morgan in 2016. Quorum added support for privacy and additional consensus mechanisms to better serve the needs of Enterprise. These additions were then standardized by the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. Hyperledger Basu was the only Ethereum client that was designed at inception to support these Enterprise-specific features, as well as be compatible with the public networks. It also superseded the fork of Geth as the default client used in Quorum the Hyperledger Foundation. The history of Hyperledger Basu is helpful in appreciating how it got to where it is now. However, it is also useful to consider the benefits of it being a project governed by the Hyperledger Foundation, which is a not-for-profit arm of the Linux Foundation that caters for blockchain and DLT-specific projects. Hyperledger is a neutral entity. It is not a commercial organization, but its members include many large commercial organizations spanning technology, finance, and other verticals. For projects to become Hyperledger projects, they need to adhere to governance guidelines set by the Hyperledger Foundation, which ensures they are well maintained and supported by multiple firms to ensure that they do not come with the key maintainer risk of open source software maintained by singular entities. This is very attractive to enterprises, as it ensures projects have the potential to outlive their creators, which means organisations can have greater confidence in adopting this technology themselves. All roads lead to Basu. This historical context, coupled with the backing of the Hyperledger Foundation, which has seen Hyperledger Basu explode in popularity during the past couple of years. When one surveys initiatives being undertaken in the TradFi landscape, they are now overwhelmingly using Hyperledger Basu. Some of the recent examples include Finality International's Global Payments Platform, which is backed by 16 major institutions, including Banco Santander, ING, NASDAQ, Nomura, and UBS, the Bank of Thailand's, Project Ethanon for domestic wholesale fund transfer using wholesale CBDC. Project Ethanon Lion Rock, now the MCBDC Bridge project led by the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, Hong Kong Monetary Authority, Bank of Thailand, People's Bank of China and Central Bank of the United Arab Emirates. Spain's smart money experiment on the technical aspects of digital euros distribution use design options. This initiative was led by IBAPay plus 16 banks, including Caxia Bank, Santander, BBVA, ING and others. And the Bank of Australia developed a proof of concept for the issuance of a tokenized form of CBDC with controls for access and security that could address the requirements of a wholesale CBDC and tokenized asset platform. In addition, there are other large public permission deployments on Hyperledger Basu, including LACCHAIN in Latin America and the Caribbean, Alastria in Spain, and the European Commission's EBSI pilot, the reasons why should be clearer now, but if we were to summarize why Hyperledger Basu is the most future-proof blockchain platform, it is because Hyperledger Basu is the only Ethereum client designed for both mainnet and private network use cases, 
This duality ensures there is a trickle-down effect of features from mainnet being available to private networks. Being a Hyperledger project ensures that the life of the project will outlive any sing single commercial entity and that its licensing model will not change to a less permissive model. It's too early to see any clear winners emerging for the Layer 2 or Layer 1 landscape and public blockchains, as almost all of these projects have the ability to hook into the Ethereum mainnet, be that via a bridge or roll-up technology. In creating private Layer 1 networks using Beisu, you are unlikely to encounter significant challenges with embracing other scaling technologies as they emerge. In the coming years, the landscape will evolve. We may see new platforms starting to take hold, but at this point in time, Hyperledger Beisu has established itself as the dominant blockchain client for permission ledgers. Hence, it's a sensible starting point for many organizations wishing to embrace blockchain and DLT initiatives. It's for this reason that Web3 Labs partnered with Consensus to provide Hyperledger Beisu and Quorum support. If you'd like to learn more, please head over to web3labs.com forward slash Beisu. Thanks for listening to this episode. I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it. Leave a five-star rating and review it. Even if it's just a few words, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Until next time.